Basketball is, is, is like poetry in motion. Just coming down the court, you got a defender in your way, you, you take him to the left, you take him back to the right, and he's falling back, and you just, Jay, right in his face. And then you look at him, and then you say, what? It has been an amazing honor to coach in the Kale Center for the last 10 years. Just how goddamn bad can it get? This is by far the worst team that has ever sat in this locker room. Shot clock turned up. Today's episode of the Ball Boys Who's Podcast. We are back with breaking news. The bracket has been revealed. Oh, wait, that happened like two days ago, three days ago. That's okay. Not breaking news. Two days ago. Uh, by this time, you are listening to this and you have already, uh, you know, undoubtedly filled out about 14 different brackets. Uh, if you are a monster, hopefully you are a rational person and have done no more than two. Yeah, I, I want... For the listeners of this show that are pulling out 14 brackets, I don't watch. Be better. So my question is, if you do a bunch of different brackets, what bracket do you claim is your own? Like when, when you get on Twitter and the upset happens, you can't just pull from like your conglomerate of brackets. You can't that is what just because do. you, yeah, that, that's bad form to me. That's, that's done in poor taste. Quite frankly. Yeah. They're going to, every result, they're going to be like, Ooh, I had that in my bracket. Like, when you have 14, you can what's, – what's wild is that y'all are going to have 14 brackets and none of them are going to be good. That's going to be some embarrassing-ass shit. Correct. Um, well, we're going we're gonna to go through each region, uh, highlight some games, whether we've got them on upset watch or we think they're going to be particularly fun to watch or particularly painful to watch. Um, I've got a, a handful and the painful to watch that are near and dear to my heart. So that'll be something. Uh, and then a couple of players to watch in each, uh, each region. And then we're going to really get down to the nitty gritty, uh, reveal our final four. Uh, and from there, uh, we will reveal our picked uh, title game and national champion and player of the tournament. So here we are. What a time to be alive. Um, we're going to start in the West. Tyler, what's your, I mean, just give me an overall impression of this region. When I, when I look at this, this is a pretty manageable bracket for Gonzaga, quite frankly. Yeah. yeah, that's my initial response as well. Gonzaga, in my opinion, has the easiest road of all the one seeds. Um, not necessarily because of the overall region being poor. I just think based on how the bracket, you know, how it fills out for them, they're avoiding all the most dangerous teams through the earlier rounds of the tournament. Um, Oklahoma and Missouri are both kind of struggling down the stretch. Those are your eight, nine matchups. No matter who finds a way in that game, I don't think they really have the firepower to stick with Gonzaga. You know, up next is most likely to be some combination of Creighton, Virginia, or, you know, who knows if there's upsets involved there. But again, flawed teams, um, Creighton is very up and down. They can score for sure. Um, but I still don't see that as a great matchup for the Blue Jays. Plus they're going through some drama. Virginia, of course, 
is we'll see if they can even play the tournament. They're out with COVID right now. So the first uh, they should, if they don't make it past the sweet 16, something went very wrong in my opinion. Yeah, I would generally agree. Um, I think that they have, you know, when you, when you look at the two seeds, uh, Iowa compared to the likes of Houston, Bama and Ohio state, uh, I think, you know, they fall right in the, uh, right in the middle. Iowa is not a, Soft two seed, they're a, they're a very explosive two seed, but we've seen that matchup before, and Gonzaga handled them comfortably. And so I think, uh, okay, I, let's start here then. Um, before we even go down that road, because we will. Looking through this, like, let's start with upsets. Um, and eight, nine games, I'm not going to count it as an upset, all right? We're like, that's, a, that's an upset in name only. And, you know, the same can be said for a lot of 10-7 matchups. I don't know about the case here, but what, uh, what higher seed do you have on the highest upset alert here? Honestly, I think this is the most chalk region in the whole entire tournament. Um, if I was to pick somebody to get upset in round one, it would be Virginia. Um, simply because they're coming off COVID, they haven't been able to practice. There's just a lot of drama involved with that. And Ohio is a bit of a dangerous team, um, a team that – has some experience in the tournament. Um, they, they, you know, and Virginia just in general, like, you know, if they don't put the ball in the hoop, they're going to struggle. And this is not, you know, they're the defending national champions still, but this is not your same Virginia ball club. Um, and I think, again, this is fairly chalk. So that's the one that I would put my eye on first. Yeah. Jason Preston is one of the most exciting players in the tournament for Ohio. Um, the reason why I'm not going with Virginia and, and you're not wrong about a single point you brought up is that it's rarely like there are some years where the upset everybody is talking about is talked about for good reason, right? Uh, a team is severely underseated compared to their ability, whatever it is. Um, there are other years though, when it just feels too obvious, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give an example here. Uh, Cal was a four seed with Jalen Brown. Uh, and Ivan Rab there, and they played Hawaii, who was a 13. Uh, that was obvious because Cal, you know, had a, a pretty soft late, you know, recent performance record uh, for a four seed. They, they were a team that really weren't very cohesive um, and they beat up on what was a, you know, an up and down pack 12 and Hawaii took care of them pretty easily. Um, something about Tony Bennett tells me like, this is, he will find a way to make the obvious upset not happen. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's just a gut feeling. You know, I look at, I look at Oregon and VCU. Uh, Oregon was a team that came back from COVID pause, really playing the best ball in the conference of the Pac-12. Uh, they win the Pac-12 regular season despite falling a couple games short, ultimately, uh, as far as playing a complete schedule. And – you know, at the, at the end of the day, they did bow out to Oregon State uh, in the semifinals of the Pac-12 tournament. That's a rivalry game. Uh, Oregon State was obviously a team of destiny a little bit. But th- I don't know. There's something about Oregon that has me a little uneasy about them. Uh, and I want to see how guys other than Chris Duarte handle the pressure that VCU can put on you. We know Will Richardson can be super, super dynamic. Uh, but I feel like he's been a little, uh, I don't know, uh, a little inconsistent since he's come back. I don't know. Just, just my thought. Um, 
So when I look at that matchup, I would probably probably pick VCU uh, if I had to, uh, as far as like picking one upset. But I generally agree with you that this is a region that looks fairly chalky uh, early on, at least. Um, I think another team that you have to watch out for is Creighton, given that they're not playing particularly well right now. Uh, and they've had a little bit of turmoil in the program. UCSB is a popular pick. They're really well coached. They've got some talent. Um, Ja'Cory McLaughlin is a former Pac-12 player, transferred down. All that's great. I <laughs> I just don't really see it, uh, to be honest. The Gauchos are a fun team, and uh, but I don't know. I, I don't necessarily see it with them uh, at all, quite frankly. So moving on uh, to what I think will be the best games. Uh, in this in this bracket, Oregon VCU has the chance to be super, super exciting. Uh, Oregon is at their best when they are turning teams over uh, with their kind of uh, press, fall, trap press, falling into a trap zone. Um, they Chris Duarte is certainly, I mean, looking at this bracket, he's one of the two, probably in my mind, two best players uh, in the bracket outside of uh, Gonzaga, uh, him, Evan Mobley, uh, and Luca Garza at Iowa. So I think the most exciting game for me in the bracket in the first round, at least, will be Oregon VCU. Uh, I also have Oregon moving on in my actual bracket um, to face Iowa uh, in the round of 32, and that could be a really, really fun game. Uh, Almeri and Garza underneath. Uh, obviously, Iowa's host of shooters on the outside. To beat Oregon, you really need to be able to shoot the ball well. Uh, and so that's something that could be exciting for sure. We haven't even talked about Evan Mobley uh, at USC. First player in Pac-12 history to sweep all the awards, player of the year, defensive player of the year, and freshman of the year. Um, all the intrigue to me here is in the bottom half of the bracket because neither Missouri nor Oklahoma are playing particularly well right now. Uh, we just mentioned Creighton UCSB. As fun as Ohio and Preston are, Virginia, uh, I don't know if that's the matchup you want uh, for your first game in the, in the bright lights there uh, of the tournament. So, yeah, I, I would say that prettiest game uh, would be my second-round matchup of Oregon and Iowa. Ugliest game is probably the second-round matchup that I have between uh, USC and Kansas. Uh, we don't know Jalen Wilson's status yet for Kansas, uh, but so again, to kind of recap, my my best game in the first round is Oregon VCU. Best game overall uh, before we get to the Elite Eight would be Oregon Iowa, and ugliest game would be USC Kansas that I have meeting in the round of thirty-two. Yeah, for sure. I, I tend to agree with a lot of those. Um... I guess I just wanted to circle back real quick and say I'm actually not picking any upsets in the first round in this region. Mm. So very chalky moving forward. Um, in this, I have – so Creighton, uh, Virginia is my second-round matchup. That would be the ugliest one for me. Uh, battle of contrasting styles, both coming in, not playing great basketball, and going through turmoil within the program. Um, I could see that one being uh, disgusting. And Gonzaga, you know, I would assume they'll move on from Oklahoma as well, even though Oklahoma has shown a tendency to play with just about anyone yep. at times. Yep. Um, I think they're licking their chops at those first couple matchups in this region. 
Um, I agree with you 100% on the Oregon-Iowa matchup. I think that's going to be a ton of fun if that happens. Um, I think Oregon-VCU is a very well-matched first-round game between two teams that are very similar stylistically. Super aggressive defensively, a lot of switchable wings. Um, You know, one of those matchups that I guarantee the committee did on purpose because they tend to try to find those similar style matchups in the first round, try to get you some of those super watchable games. Um, you're, you commented on USC Kansas. I actually think that's going to be a fun game. Um, not necessarily high scoring or any of that, but it'll be competitive. Uh, yeah, for sure. Like I think it'll be back and forth, a lot of defense, grueling matchups. Um, Kansas has some bigs that could give the Mobley twins or not twins brothers, sorry. Um, some trouble. And I think both teams have complementary pieces that are going to have to have big nights for one to move on from the other. And uh, actually that's my first upset of this region is I have USC taking out Kansas and moving on to the sweet 16. So do I. So let's, let's look at our sweet 16 elite eight and final four uh, representatives from this bracket. I'll tell you mine real quick. I have Gonzaga and Virginia meeting in the sweet 16 with uh, Gonzaga moving on comfortably. Uh, And then I have USC and Iowa meeting in the sweet 16. This is a super interesting matchup. Evan Mobley versus Garza. Garza is the exact kind of physical big that has given Mobley some issues uh, this year, except he has the length and skill set that ne- zero other power big men in the Pac-12 have. He is just a better, bigger, more skilled version than anybody else Evan has faced this year. Uh, and ultimately, I look right at the blueprint that Colorado provided for USC. Shoot threes, a lot of them, and make them. And Iowa can do that. And so I've got Iowa and Gonzaga a one-two meeting in the Elite Eight, and Gonzaga uh, completes the season sweep to move on to the Final Four. Yeah, I've got Gonzaga versus Creighton on my and my top half of the bracket. There uh, again, I think both of those teams that potentially have, you know, I could see Virginia getting there too. I don't particularly love either of them, but Creighton is the one that I went with, and I, I agree with you. Gonzaga should trounce either of those teams pretty comfortably. Um, I have USC and Iowa in the bottom half of my bracket as well. And again, I have actually USC pulling the upset. I actually agree mm. with everything you said about that game. But everything you said about Garza is also true about Mobley. Mm. Um, there is not a player in the Big Ten like Evan Mobley. There just isn't. He's a top five you know, prospect in the NBA draft. Sure, he's not the most physical guy you've ever seen, but his length is going to give Garza, who is not very athletic, problems um Garza is impossible to guard on the perimeter for most players in the Big Ten a guy like Kobe Cockburn obviously can't stay with him out there Evan Mobley's not going to have any trouble guarding Garza away from the basket and while you're right Iowa can get hot from three um USC is pretty elite defensively and can make things difficult there you know I think it would be a very good game very tight game I could see it going either way but I think USC has the pieces to make a deep run in this tournament, despite me not wanting to see it happen. All right. So it's the redemption tour of Andy Enfield for you. Yeah, yeah, apparently so. And then I have Gonzaga moving on to the final four again. That would be a fun matchup though. For sure. USC. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of similar things stylistically, um, super athletic on the front court for Gonzaga. Um, super athletic for USC in the backcourt, or sorry, in the frontcourt. Um, 
yeah, they're a little bit opposite opposite of each other, but they still do things in a similar style. Um, I could see that being uh, a grinded out back and forth kind of, you know, a game where Jalen Suggs and Evan Mobley solidify themselves as top five NBA prospects and a big one for the scouts to be watching. Mm, love it. Well, let's look at who we have Gonzaga meeting in the final four uh, going down to the East region. Looking at this region, I got to say, there are some offensive juggernauts uh, in this region. Uh, let's, as far as like Ken Palm's top, uh, what, 20 go as far as offensive efficiency in this region, you've got Colorado, you've got Florida State, you've got Michigan, you've got LSU. Like this is a, this is a big time uh, bracket. And what's fun is that you've got those teams playing kind of opposite style teams in a, in a lot of uh, cases. For example, uh, one of the ugly games of the tournament nominees is UConn, Maryland. All right. Now, whoever comes out of that game, and I'll, I'll tell you right now, it's not going to be Maryland. Uh, I know that already. It has, <laughs> I have accepted it. Uh, I was super excited to see us get in, obviously, but I have no delusions about where that game is going to go. But UConn is 24th in offensive efficiency on Ken Palm, 25th in defense. Uh, if they win they and they see Alabama in the second round, you've got two elite defensive teams going at each other. Uh, and seeing Book Knight with the chance to play Alabama would be really entertaining. The same can kind of be said if you get a Michigan State or UCLA in the second round against a Texas. Again, just like these fun contrasting uh, styles uh, or complementary styles, maybe even uh, up and down this region. L let's start with uh, what we think is going to be the best, uh, or pardon me, the upset candidates uh, here, because I see minimum three. Yeah, I have two um, that I like a lot. One of them I'm not happy about liking. Uh, BYU is a team that I've kind of stand for all years, a team that was probably getting underseeded throughout the process. And, of course, they end up where I had them as a six seed. Um, but playing Michigan State or UCLA is a tough first-round matchup for them. That is a yeah. tough slate. Um, as you talked about there, opposite contrasting styles. I think if both teams come in playing well, they can definitely beat BYU. Um, so that's one that stands out to me as well. Um, actually, this one is probably a bit of a surprise, but the second most likely one for me is Abilene Christian in Texas. I knew you were going to go there. Yeah. Um, I don't love Texas. They have, they have been stumbling for a large portion of the stretch down the season. Sure, they win the Big 12 tournament, but we've seen some pretty wonky uh, results in the conference tournaments this year. And historically, winners of the conference tournaments don't fare that well in the NCAA tournament. So to me, Abilene Christian is feisty. Um underrated i think as a 14 you know they're getting texas which you know is like an in-state battle type of situation there. like they get to go after the big dog in their own state and uh, they're a little bit underrated so I, I didn't pick texas to lose but i do think that's a dangerous spot for the longhorns you know uh you have to take a no sex pact at abilene christian good luck with that they lost a couple of players last year because of that, just like BYU uh, a couple of years ago. 
Um, so what you're telling me is that I want BYU and Abilene Christian to meet right. up in the second round for the no sex pact <laughs> rivalry. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, big, big year for uh, celibate people. All right. Anyways, uh, it's been a big 18 months, quite frankly, for a lot of them. Um, all right. I, I know Colorado Georgetown is a really trendy pick. I don't like this as an upset. Uh, I think that this is actually a pretty decent matchup for Colorado at the end of the day, which of course means they're going to lose. Um, right. Yep. Bro, UNC Greensboro is no joke. Um, I, I want to make that very clear right now. They are uh, a really good defensive team for their level, like coming out of the Southern Conference, uh, 67th on Ken Palm. The, the thing I worry about with them, of course, is the fact that when you get in a tight game against top seeds, number one, you need a guy who can go get you buckets. And uh, Isaiah Miller can certainly do that, even if he's not super efficient. But they're not a great uh, free throw shooting team. They're pretty fucking bad, actually. And so when you're trying to close out a team, when you're trying to fulfill your destiny, uh, that's that's dicey. That's how you let big guys back in it. Um I look at BYU, obviously, I think they would want to see UCLA. Uh, if UCLA ended up in that spot, I would pick BYU to advance. If Michigan State shows up in that spot, I will be picking the Spartans to advance. Um, so I think, but nonetheless, like that's a, that's a pretty prime upset special right there. Uh, and Connecticut, man. Uh, I mean, you, we talked about the Big East tournament was the return of UConn, man. It was supposed to be the Danny Hurley show. And they bow out early. So I don't know. I mean, uh, I'm trying to talk myself into uh, Maryland and their suffocating defense. Daryl Morcel against Book Knight is one of the most intriguing one-on-one offense-defense matchups in the first round anywhere. Uh, but yeah, I am picking Maryland, obviously. Uh, I'm picking Michigan State. And in seed only, I'm picking St. Bonaventure to move on from LSU. Yeah, I have St. Bonaventure as well, although that's a pretty even matchup. I think both teams are probably pretty disappointed to be playing each other. That's that's a brutal first-round matchup for both teams. I think that's one of, that's my favorite first-round game in the region, by the way. I think pretty much all the 8-9 matchups are awesome. I mean, yeah. the committee did a great job with those. There, there are going to be some very good basketball teams going home early in this tournament because of that. Uh, UConn, Maryland, real quick. I got to say, I think UConn's going to dominate this game. Man, I, I've been, I've been huge. <laughs> I've been a huge UConn stand for a while now. Uh, they got book night back and have essentially gotten hot ever since that point. He's one of the best players in the country. I love his game. I'm actually really pissed at the committee for putting UConn versus Alabama as a potential second round game. Um, those, those are, I would have had that both of those teams in the top 10 most likely teams to make the final four. Obviously, that can't happen with them playing together in the second round. If you had switched, and I know it's not warranted in terms of seeding, but BYU and UConn and BYU was a seven and UConn was the six, I would 100% with 100% confidence be picking UConn to get through that and make it to the Sweet 16. So a little bit of a dicey situation there. Um. Your comment on Greensboro is 100% correct. I just happen to think Florida State is a very tough out in a tournament setting. Uh, UNC Greensboro would have been a lot more of a popular pick for me as an upset against almost any other matchup. All right, well, let's look at our Sweet 16 Elite Eight and Final Four pick. Um, 
So I've got Florida State and Michigan matching up in the Sweet 16, uh, which should be a really fun game. Lots of length, lots of, um, I mean, even without Isaiah Livers, still lots of athleticism on the floor. Uh, but Michigan is a execution juggernaut. Like everything they do is so crisp and well done. And uh, just like they get the shot they want every time. Florida State tries to bully you, disrupt you a little bit. Uh, Scotty Barnes is a little up and down. Uh, but if he, straight up, if, if he finds ways to dominate ga- the game, passing or scoring, like Florida State uh, can win the game. And that's what I predict them to do. Uh, so I've got Florida State in my Elite Eight. On the other side, I've got Sweet 16 of Texas and Alabama. This is the Shaka Smart Redemption Tour. Uh, this is the year where everybody realizes that Shaka Smart is a real, real coach, uh, not just a one-hit wonder. This is also the year that he leads Texas to the promised land because I have them beating Florida State in the Elite Eight to move on to the Final Four uh, to play Gonzaga, where, spoiler alert, they will lose, and he will become the next coach at Indiana. Damn, you got Texas in the Final Four? I do. I don't know how I got there. I blacked oh. out, but they're okay. there. Hey, Which means they are losing to Abilene Christian. You got to you gotta go, you know, you got to go big. I respect it. Actually, so I have MSU slash UCLA moving on to the Sweet 16 against Alabama there. Um, I might change my mind depending on who it is. But right now, I feel like that's a pretty weak overall road. So I could see either of those teams making that run. Um, I have Alabama moving on in that game. I think Alabama is a legitimate national title contender. Uh, I love them. I th- you know, offensively, defensively, they shoot the three well. They have a lot of guys who can beat you. Um, I love them. I-, I think they have a chance to do some really special stuff. Top half of the bracket, I have Michigan and Florida State. Um, and I have Florida State moving on. Um, so to me, Florida State moves on to the Elite Eight. Michigan is going to be the earliest one seed to go down. Um, not that I'm a Michigan hater. Uh, I like this team, but I think Florida State is a very tough matchup for them. They have a lot of big guys that can that they can, you know, run out on Hunter Dickinson, get him a little bit tired. They're going to have to, you know, he's going to have to make some tough shots over a lot of length. And uh, Michigan is typically a team that is super efficient, but Florida State can run five guys at you that are they're just bigger at every position. Um, that's tough in a tournament setting. So I like Florida state to move on and I have Alabama moving on to the final four to play Gonzaga. That's a fun matchup with them and Gonzaga. All right. That would be a battle. Uh, let's go to the South looking at this bracket. Um, I'll be honest. I think this is a pretty, this might be the weakest overall bracket for me. Um, despite the fact there are some really fun matchups, and it speaks to the fact that I have picked one, two, three upsets. I've picked not just upset watch. I have picked three upsets uh, in this region. I want to take you through them really quickly. Um, I'll start at the bottom here. Uh, I've got Virginia Tech beating Florida. Uh, I think Florida is a paper tiger, quite frankly, which, of course, means they're going to go to the Elite Eight. Like, this is how this works. We know that. Um, I hate that roster. And... Like, if Virginia Tech doesn't shoot the ball well, then they're going to lose. Like, they need to hit, you know, 11 threes or whatever it is. But um, so I've got I've got that upset. I've got uh, North Texas beating Purdue. Uh, as much as I like Purdue, like, this is just kind of what they do uh, every few years where they just where they just do something completely stupid. And uh, we need some chaos. Like, we need Florida Gulf Coast over Georgetown somewhere. Uh, and that is the only four seed that I feel comfortable 
picking to lose in the first round, even though Virginia would be my other one. Uh, spoiler alert. Um, which means that you have Cade Cunningham going home early, and it makes me really upset that your face looks like that. Anyways, uh, I also have Winthrop beating Villanova. Look, losing Colin Gillespie is uh, – that's the nail in the coffin for them. Um, Winthrop is a really good team, and that's a really nightmare matchup for a Villanova team that uh, doesn't really have a lot of guys in the perimeter right now that can knock down shots and that can defend. Uh, so, yeah, I've got those three upsets picked uh, double digits into the uh, second round. Nice. Um your comment about Florida is 100% correct, but I tend to believe that Virginia Tech is also kind of a paper tiger. <laughs> I, don't, I don't love either team. So whoever wins that game is going to get shit stomped by Ohio State in the next round. Um, but I have Florida moving on in that scenario for right now. Um, my upsets, I have Utah State over Texas Tech. Um, I, I think Texas Tech is – a little helter skelter this year. Like, I don't I believe really in Matt McCall. You just don't believe in Matt McCall. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I've hated on them all year, so I can't really stop now. And Utah State is a good team that has figured it out at the end of the season. Uh, they're playing really good basketball down the stretch. And I think from an athleticism standpoint, they have the pieces to stick with Texas Tech. I think that game is going to suck and it's going to be ugly as hell, <laughs> but I could see Utah State winning that one for sure. Uh, my face earlier was because – your comment was hilarious because I actually have the most confidence in Purdue in round one among the four seats. So I like them quite a bit. And I agree with you hundred percent on Villanova Winthrop. I think Winthrop is going to win that game fairly easily. They're a very good team and Villanova is dead in the water without Colin Gillespie, which of course means they'll go on a huge run and prove everyone wrong. Cause that's what Jay Wright does. But I don't love, I didn't love them with Colin Gillespie and I definitely don't love them now. Um, and they get matched up against a team that is fully capable of making a deep run in the tournament. What's your most entertaining game in the first round here? In the first round, I would probably say Arkansas Colgate. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, I think that could be a ton of fun. Colgate, it's a tough matchup for Arkansas, but it's also an especially tough matchup for Colgate, who has had – they haven't played a ton of games, so a small sample size, but they've had a very successful season so far. I think they ended up finishing in the top ten of the net, which says a yep. lot about but moving moving on um i like arkansas again as one of those sleeper final four teams so i think that game could be a ton of fun a lot of scoring the other thing that i want to note here i don't love the individual player storylines in this uh in this bracket quite frankly Dwayne washington jr is awesome you know ej liddell is awesome uh but outside of that i i, I mean moses moody uh at arkansas awesome but I don't know. There, there's just something uh, something missing here. And we, we have talked about this bracket now for a couple of minutes without mentioning the fact that Baylor uh, went much of this year undefeated. Uh, but they have come back from their COVID pause a little sketchy. They're not shooting the ball well. Uh, they're worse than 100 in Ken Palm uh, in the defensive metrics since they came back. I've got – I mean, this is all to say, like, let's look at our uh, Sweet 16 uh, from this bracket – I've got Winthrop going to the Sweet 16 uh, to meet Baylor. Uh, I've got them beating North Texas in the second round. Uh, I do have Baylor winning that game, but I kind of want Winthrop to win that game, quite frankly. Uh, that would be really fun for me. I just think Baylor has a really easy path to the Sweet 16. Uh, I hate both Wisconsin and North Carolina. Uh, I hate the way they play. I hate their stupid I think everyone does. Um, and on the bottom half of the bracket, I could – 
easily see one of three, Texas Tech, Arkansas, or Ohio State. Yeah. I, I like all three of those make a lot of sense to me. Chris Beard knows how to navigate a tournament. One of the elite coaches in America. Uh, but ultimately I do have Ohio state uh, going to meet Baylor in the elite eight. And I've got Ohio state in the final four. Nice. I like that pick. Honestly, Ohio state is really dangerous. Um, again, I'm a little pissed at the committee because you've got Arkansas versus Ohio state in the sweet yeah. 16. I love both of those teams quite a bit. Baylor's, you mentioned it a little bit. Baylor's ride to the Elite Eight is a joke joke. Like, they have no excuse to not get there. Wisconsin is probably the most disappointing team in the entire country this year with all the guys they had bring – you know, they, they brought back senior-laden team, and they totally shit the bet for the second half yeah. of the year. Um, I have North Carolina moving on in that game. Baylor covering that pretty comfortably. So, to me, it's Baylor-Purdue in the Sweet 16 in the top half of the bracket – uh, I like Purdue this year, but that's not really a matchup that I see going well for them. I think Baylor fairly easily moves on to the Elite Eight. I have Arkansas and Ohio State in what could be, in my opinion, the best game of the entire tournament. Uh, love mm. both teams. Love mm. their makeup. They balance very well nicely against one another. Like, that game's going to be a shit ton of fun. And uh, it, it went back and forth on this one a lot, but I do have Ohio State winning that game and going on to the Elite Eight. Um, I have Baylor in the final four. Um, awesome. Because I, I got to say, it feels like the narrative on them has switched and a lot of people think they're going to bow out earlier. Um, so I'm going against the grain a little bit here, even though it is a one seed and I see Baylor moving on to the final four. If they get their shooting back and the defense improves even a little bit leading up to that game, I will pick them against whoever like on game day. But as we stand here, we haven't seen them return to form yet, uh, and that's got me nervous. I think Ohio State is definitely a national title contender, though. Like, it would not surprise me at all to see them go all the way, make the Final Four, any of that. Like, I think they're fully capable. All right, in our final region, we've got Illinois as the one seed. Uh, Houston is the two. Up and down. I love this region. This region gave me the most difficulty in picking the first two rounds uh, for sure, because I mean, this is the thing. If, if Georgia tech beats Loyola Chicago, I think that they, I mean, they're a team of destiny. They could fuck around and give Illinois a really like they've got athletic bigs, really good point guard play Uh, Tennessee. What if they realize that basketball is being played this year and Fulkerson isn't dead. That would be wild. Uh, and they're, and they, you know, they're the kind of defensive team with defensive athletes that could give Cade Cunningham a lot of trouble in the second round. That's if Cade Cunningham reaches the second round. Like th- this is, uh, this is a really fun region for me. I only picked one upset in the first round, though. Yeah, uh, so did I. Which in okay. hindsight, I'm surprised by. Um, I'd be Was it Syracuse? No. Okay. It was not Syracuse. Is that yours? All right. Uh, I have Syracuse beating San Diego State. I don't like that because I hate everything about Syracuse. I want to make that very, very clear. Um, I think they suck uh, for so, so, so many reasons. But the truth is, is that, like, do I trust San Diego State shooting? And that they're, they, their numbers say that they should be fine here. The numbers say that they're shooting uh, 37% as a team. Put them in a good spot. 
but the San Diego State doesn't have that like kind of to me X factor guy uh, that makes him. Matt Mitchell is obviously fantastic, uh, but I don't know. There, something about it gives me pause. Uh, Buddy Beheim is going to score thirty eight, no matter what. His the team might only score forty two, but he's <laughs> going to score thirty eight. Uh, so I'm going with the Orange because this is what they do, man. Uh, you don't think they're going to make it, and then they go to the Final Four. This is what they do. Yeah, so you like this uh, region. I actually hate this region, and there's a very simple reason why. I think the entire bottom half of the bracket is garbage. I don't like San Diego State. I don't like Syracuse. I don't like West Virginia. I really don't like Clemson or Rutgers. And Houston's fine. You know, like Houston's fine. I, I think I they're – West Virginia. There are teams better than them. And the top half of the bracket, I like almost everyone. Yeah. I think Oklahoma State is very good. Tennessee can make a crazy run. You're going to get an Elite Eight matchup that pisses you off. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> the team that doesn't deserve to be there is for sure coming out of the bottom half of the bracket. Loyola Chicago and Georgia Tech are both awesome. Like that, another 8-9 matchup that's insane. Like Illinois has the most difficult run to the Final Four because the top half of their bracket is a problem for almost anyone. Um, so I guess we can just kind of go through it. My upset in the first round, I have Rutgers winning against Clemson in round one. Um, I hope that game's not televised, even though I know that it is, because it is going to be the worst basketball game you watch right. this entire year. They're the exact same team <laughs> trying to do the exact same thing. Neither one of them can shoot. Both of them are frustratingly good on defense, but are willing to take horrible offensive shots. That game sucks. That's all I have to say about that. So I'll go straight into my Sweet 16. I actually have San Diego State getting into the Sweet 16. Again, whoever comes out from that Syracuse, West Virginia, San Diego State trio, I don't love any of them, but someone obviously has to get there in the end. Um, I have them playing Houston in the bottom half of the bracket. Again, I think Houston is the most reliable team on the bottom half of that bracket, so I have them moving on to the Elite Eight. I have Oklahoma State playing Illinois in the top half of the bracket which is going to be epic. Cade Cunningham versus Io Desunmu will be fucking awesome. And I'm really looking forward to that matchup. Oklahoma State, um, as a team, though, I don't necessarily trust. But they're playing Tennessee in round two, who I 100% don't trust based on how they've played this year. So I think Illinois will move on from that game. They are taking on Houston in the Elite Eight. And I have Illinois coming out of that bracket, um, even though their road is very, very difficult. And if they do that, I hope people give them the respect that they deserve because that will be an amazing run. Yeah, I have Illinois uh, beating Loyal Chicago. A lot of people are talking about that matchup. I mean, Loyal Chicago is really good. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I think if they were playing Baylor or Michigan, I would feel better about them in the matchup. Not to say I pick them, but I would feel better about them. Uh, but yeah, I'm a little worried about them in that spot. I am too in this matchup because Cameron Crutwig against yeah. like Kofi Cockburn is one of the few in the country that he's going to physically manhandle him, even though Crutwig is obviously a guy who usually dominates the paint. Like it's a terrible matchup for him because it's one of the few people in the country that he's going to see where he can't push around. Yeah. Uh, that's my big concern there. Um, I also have Oklahoma State advancing, although in one of my brackets, I, uh, the, the non-this, I have Tennessee, simply because if the light goes on and Keon Johnson is cooking, uh, he's actually a problematic defender for Cade Cunningham and can really make oh, yeah. him work. 
Um, so, but at the end of the day, I have Illinois and Oklahoma State meeting in the Sweet 16 in what would be one of the most fun games in the tournament, uh, without a doubt. So that is my best game, is looking at the Sweet 16 if we get Illinois and Oklahoma State. Uh, the bottom half of the bracket was the toughest to pick for me. Uh, you can 100% make an argument for Rutgers over Clemson. You can 100% make an argument for Clemson. I've got Clemson moving on. I like West Virginia, San Diego State, Syracuse. You're right. Like you can go either way. I'm just going, I'm buying into Bayheim magic uh, and I'm putting the orange forward. I've got Clemson knocking out Houston. Mainly because chaos. Yeah. No, I mean, listen, the whole bottom half of this, like, who knows, bro? I don't love any of the teams in the bottom half. So it could be anyone. Morehead State, let's do it. So that gives me West Virginia and Clemson in the Sweet 16 with West Virginia moving on. Uh, Bob Huggins has a team that can shoot, and that should be scary for people. Uh, Here's what I'll say about the matchup between Illinois and West Virginia. I originally, before the show, before we turned on the show, my final four was Gonzaga, Texas, Baylor, West Virginia. That was my final four originally. And... What I come back to when I look at teams with just a lot of guys who can do a lot of things and West Virginia is how they play Gonzaga. And their defensive intensity with their ability to shoot the ball, man, that that gives me worries for Illinois. I do have Illinois moving on, but I, I just needed to note that before we went on air, I had West Virginia in and I switched it at the last minute. So we've got a rematch of the Big Ten title game between Ohio State and Illinois on one side, and we've got Shaka Smart versus Mark Few. We will get either Shaka Smart – this is guaranteed now – either Shaka Smart or Mark Few in the championship game for me. That would be very fun. Uh, So that's my final four. Can you recap yours real quick? Yeah, I have Gonzaga versus Bama on one side, and I have Illinois – versus Baylor on the other side. So three right. one seeds, which Thank seems you. chalky, but we got to be honest, that's typically how it goes. You either see two or three one seeds in the final four more often than not. And I've got two ones, a two, and a three. Uh, let's start with Gonzaga. Uh, you have them versus Bama. I have them versus Texas. Uh, I am going to put Gonzaga in the national title game. Uh, They have the bigs to match up with uh, Texas inside, certainly. And, you you know, here's the thing about Texas. As good as they've gotten play uh, on the perimeter this year, uh, and they have, there's no fucking doubt about it. Um, You know, one of the most – I would say one of the most underrated backcourts in the country, uh, quite frankly. And I know that they've been at times a little inconsistent, but, like, I am buying in to the fact that at the end of the day, like Matt Coleman is a difference maker, uh, a like a bottom line difference maker. Him and uh, Andrew Jones are just really, really good. So, no, I'm going with Gonzaga. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Be real. Uh, yeah. Gonzaga is the most talented team in the country. Uh, I think that they're the most well-coached as far as players to their system and their execution. Zags to the championship. They're they're a rough sea, man. Like no matter what, you like you get your head above water, and another wave is coming. That's yeah. really how I would describe Gonzaga. They have 
by far, in my opinion, the most talented team in the country. Um, so yeah, for me, you know, my matchup Gonzaga is moving on for me as well. Um, I, I don't see it being particularly close, honestly, although I do love Gonzaga, Alabama stylistically. Mm -hmm. Like I think that game has a chance to be a lot of fun, but Alabama is going to try to run with Gonzaga. I mean, that's what they do. They've done it all year. I don't see why they would stop now. And I just don't see it working long-term. I, I just think Alabama is like Gonzaga light. They have a lot of guys who are capable of beating you up as well, but Gonzaga is better. They just are. And they have more success in these moments. So to me, Gonzaga moves on to the finals. Then you've got Baylor, Illinois. I've got Ohio State, Illinois. Both would be matchups that would bring a lot of joy, uh, quite frankly. Uh, Baylor, Illinois would just be a physical, uh, athletic, and, and I think a game filled with guys that can make shots as well. I think it would be the funnest 72-72 game or 68-68 game that you could imagine. Uh, Ohio State-Illinois to me would be a less exciting game, uh, mainly because there would be an emotional excitement given that we just saw them play. Uh, but yeah, and it's it's You don't usually don't get a better game. This would be, I think, their third or fourth time playing this yeah. year. You don't get a better game. Yeah, Right. You're right. Typically, typically, they know each other so well at that point that it's a little bit more of a grind-out battle because everyone knows their tendencies. Yeah, man. I mean, this is uh, – <laughs> I struggle with this game for sure. Um, Illinois right now is playing their best ball of the year, without doubt. Uh, Illinois right now playing like this is good enough to win the title. They're 2-1 and one against Ohio State, which is who I have them playing. And quite frankly, I don't know that – Ohio State is not playing as well as Illinois right now uh you know no question about it but that doesn't matter it is one game one day and you've already played at that point four and at that point it's like okay like who's got the better player one one v one io io is the best player on the court that game well who's the second best player who's the third best player I, am I going to pick Ohio State to the championship? You're trying. Game? You're trying to convince yourself. I see it right now. I know. I know. I'm really struggling. Um, I am going to pick what I want to see, and what I think would give us the best title game, which is Illinois. Illini to the title. All right. Disappointing. You've been an Illini hater all year, and I've missed I you so have. hard. I thought I for have. sure. I thought for sure you were going to back out on it. Um, I think it's oh. no surprise. I, uh, we just talked about it. I've ridden Illinois yeah. up on them for a brief moment there in the middle of the season, but I love them to start the year. I mean, I picked Iowa to win player of the year. I picked them to go to the championship game early on in the season. Yep. I'm, not gonna, I'm not about to stop now, especially the way they're playing. Uh, they're playing Baylor, who I think has not played as well lately. So to me, Gonzaga, Illinois in the finals. All right, uh, Gonzaga, Illinois. That would be a heavyweight, unbelievable game, in my opinion. Um, I think we'd see somewhere between 150 and 160 combined points. So for those that 
you know, when you have to pick the tiebreaker, that's where I would go. Um, just like Io versus Jalen, Tip. I mean, the, the matchups are insane everywhere. Go. Let me just throw something in because you're right about the matchups. It would be the only matchup in the, the backup point guards on these two teams are better than 90% of the starting guards in the entire country. Like you get, you get four of the best guards in the whole country in the title game. Like it doesn't get any better than that. Um, I, I think this is the matchup that the whole country would be blessed to see. Like it would be such a, such a powerful after a year return. off. Yeah, after such a year a without a tournament. Return. Oh man, yeah, such a powerful return to March Madness. Like it would be epic to see this game played out in the finals. So I'm sure it won't. I'm sure it'll be like Gonzaga, someone terrible because <laughs> that's this year. But man, I really hope this plays out. Well, look, man, we we both got the uh, we both got the same matchup. Yeah. Let's pick a let's pick a national title winner. What could go wrong? Oh, everything, <laughs> completely everything, one hundred percent. Who I, I I'll go first because uh, I've been going first, I guess. I think that I am going to go with talent. Uh, I'm going to go with a team who has been in this moment, a coach who has been in this moment before. Um, the the guys on this roster, I guess, haven't went there, right? That was more than four years ago. Um, was it three or four years ago? I think, yeah, I don't think anyone on this team was yeah. there for the last title game. Um, but a coach who has been there. Uh, and at the end of the day, it, you don't often get years where the clear, clear best team wins. A lot of times you get years where, you know, one of the best team wins, and you can make an argument for everybody. Gonzaga has been the clear best team in the country throughout this entire season. Mm-hmm. And while Baylor made a run for it there for a while, at the end of the day, it was Gonzaga versus the field. I'm going to go with the Zags, man. Uh, I'm going to pick a final score of 82 to 75. Uh, Gonzaga over Illinois. Yeah, this is uh, this is definitely the me and you show because <laughs> we definitely see basketball the same way. So this is no surprise. I would I would first like to say Illinois – got robbed of what could have been a pretty epic season in a return to NCAA tournament from them last year. So if they do find themselves in this moment, like it would be such a nice redemption tour for them, uh, you know, to get, you know, get back to relevance. I think, I think college basketball is better when Illinois is good. Um, Chicago style basketball needs to be more showcased in all levels of basketball for sure, but especially in college and, you know, they, they haven't done as well in Chicago, but Illinois being good is good for basketball. I think um, Gonzaga is the best team. They've yeah. been the best team all year. Um, I think it's pretty clear. Illinois has had moments where I think they can play with Gonzaga, but they've also had moments where they've really struggled. Gonzaga just has too many pieces. Um, and my final score is very similar to yours. I had 82, 78, Gonzaga in the finals and uh, I, th- I I would be very happy to see that happen Gon- the, the narrative around Gonzaga is so false um, it would shut up a lot of people for a long time Mark Few deserves this title 
Gonzaga deserves this title. Mm. Um, this is an extremely good team, and it would be disappointing to see them not finish it off. Because if they don't, the narrative is going to get louder and louder. I think if they make it to the Final Four, it won't even be enough because yeah. of their draw. Uh, if they get to the title game, I think the narrative doesn't get louder. Because that's two title game appearances in a decade. Like yeah. that's pretty ridiculous. There, there, there are only a couple of teams that, uh, a couple of programs that can do that kind of shit. So yeah, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I really want to see them win this. I want to see Mark Few get it uh, so that he can retire and so that the West Coast can start getting some uh, good players in the Pac-12 again. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's not what would happen, but nonetheless, we can uh, pretend. Right. Exactly. All right. Uh, well, there it is. Uh, who's your most outstanding player? Oh, man. Probably Corey Kispert. Yep, I, that's uh, where I'm going to. Yeah, because for them to make the run that they need, he's going to have to be consistently excellent, um, I think, yeah. because he's just the most versatile guy on that team. Like he's He puts shots away that most people wouldn't think about taking. Um, and <laughs> typically like the, the big moments for Gonzaga, it's either going to be Jalen Suggs dunking on someone's face, or it's going to be Corey Kispert daggering in people's eye. Like, that's just what I see. You know, when you think back on this tournament, that's what's going to happen. I think, you know, if, I, if Illinois makes the finals, like Io is going to have a case for it, even if they lose. Um, I've, I've been, I've been on his team all year, uh, but I think Kispert is probably the guy who gets it in the end. All right, there it is. Uh, I hope all of you have successful brackets. I hope yours look a lot like ours so that we can all be successful. But honestly, damn, it just feels good to have the, the tournament back. Uh, there's going to be some weird shit probably with players not being able to play the first weekend. Uh, it is what it is. But we have the NCAA tournament back. We've got March Madness back. And we've got Rick Pitino back. I think that's also worth noting. Um Obviously, a lot has happened with uh, coaches getting fired and uh, players announcing they're going to transfer. Quite frankly, all that shit pales in comparison to the tournament right now. We will get to the uh, the off-season carousel April 6th, April 7th, whatever it is, uh, after the title. I, I don't want to fucking talk about Archie Miller right now, man. Yeah, at all. me neither. I know I talked about Shaka Smart going to IU, but that doesn't count because it was within the context of the <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, I don't know. We'll probably do a show next week, obviously, uh, recounting who goes to the Sweet 16. Uh, but, you know, happy game watching. Uh, I hope everybody has a lot of fun. Uh, and if you choose to wager on these games, do so responsibly. Uh, make sure to hedge with your life savings and only put your mortgage on the actual game. So Exactly. Now that's advice if I've ever seen it. All right, y'all. We'll see you later. Take it easy.